Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. I'm your host, as ever, Louis McCaffrey. And this week, I'm not even going to let them say hi. Uh, I'm joined by Ian, Christopher Salmani and Barry Geller. Um, we're going to get right into it because I have been literally waiting since the final whistle. I've not been able to do much the last few days, to be honest with you. I've never needed a podcast so much in my life, so I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to be a chance to get a hell of a lot off my chest after that game on Saturday. Barry, I know you were on the, the Reaction podcast and, and Sermani, you were on the, the Aftermath, uh, which are both part of the they, they are part of the cynic.co. If you subscribe there, you would have been able to catch them. Um, yeah, let's just get right into it. Ian, me and you probably have a, a, maybe a wee bit more to say because we've not had a chance, but yeah, do you want to go first, Ian? Hey, I, do you know what I have to say? You know, in the heat of the moment, I thought Barry and Alan did a, a phenomenal job of of summing up the the fear. And twenty four hours later, uh, you know, Sermani on with with, with Bowden Stew, um, you know, probably slightly more measured, but but you know, no no less raw. And and I think you know, what are we four days on now? I'm still absolutely sort of scunnered with it, like just completely numbed by the whole thing and uh, you know i guess the only thing that i can possibly take from it is that if we feel this shit surely to god those players must feel the same thing and they have to try and and turn us around because surely to god nobody wants to feel like this going forward whether that's neil lennon whether that's the 11 guys on the pitch whether it's people that want to get back in the team um this has to be rock bottom because if yeah. it's not and we've got more to go then absolutely fuck this for a game i'm just yeah it's um you know, I th- for me personally, I think it was a big eye opener, and I and I hope it was a big eye opener for a, for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, I we'll come to them them in a bit because you know I think we learned quite a lot about that Rangers team as well. But that Celtic team, you know, I, obviously I want to talk about where the blame lies and who's to blame with it all. You know, I think there's two things here though. I think, most of the conversation on social media and, and other podcasts that I'll listen to, you know, does the game in isolation itself, the issues that we had leading up to the game and the actual game itself, and then you've got the longer-term issues that have been, they've persisted us through the whole of this start to the season. Um, and and I think that's, you know, Lennon is at fault for both of them. Um, but I think more so that the kind of longer term issues that we've been suffering from the game itself, you know, I, I, I feel, I feel as if I don't know about you guys, but I feel as if a lot of the time we've sat in the fence with a lot of our comments about a lot of different players, about systems, about sitting here saying that this team's going to click or this will be the turning point. The Hibs game of one three nil, this will be the turning point. We'll kick on now, or you know, we've always been. A bit, maybe a wee bit too optimistic. Given players and Neil Lennon and three five two and all these things, we've given them all a wee bit too much of a chance. And I think this has to be a massive turning point for all of us because I think we held, we learned a hell of a lot about the players and the manager. And 
something's got to change. Something has to change off the back of it. How how do you two feel, Tomani and Barry? I mean, how do you guys feel now? You had the chance to kind of vent and say your piece at the weekend. Do you feel any less angry? Because I feel as if I've been through a range of emotions in the past few days. No, it's. I mean, well, anger. It's given way to realization. I think you're saying that. You know, it's been an eye open. I think the best way to describe it is I think we've stopped kidding ourselves on now. I mean, I think we're, we've, we've kidded on for a long time that they're pathetic, they're rotten, and that they're no any good, and that we're miles, miles better than them. Well, I've, I've stopped doing that now. I said that in the aftermath. I've, you know, See the idea that they are the equal of us at the very least? That's gone now, right? That, that, I've accepted that, painful as it is, given how dominant we've been in the last few years. So for me, it's I've stopped kidding myself on about that. I've stopped kidding myself on that, as you said, this will be the game that will click. I've stopped kidding myself on that it's just that players aren't up to fitness now. And I've accepted that there's something very wrong at the moment. That's where I am with it now. It's I'm not angry because the anger dissipates. I'm, I'm now in a state where I've, I've basically gone, there are serious problems here. And um, I'm, I'm not giving, you know, giving them excuses. I'm not, I'm not pointing to certain things and saying that's the reason for it. I'm saying that there's a, a whole picture that needs fixed here. But that's the way I feel anyway. Yeah, just similar, I think. To use a cliche, I think our chickens have come home to roost. Um, we've been saying, I agree with what you said, though. we've maybe been pussyfooting around it, but we've been saying that it's not good enough. Um, we've been doing the bare minimum to get by. Um, games where we'll have one chance and we score piss poor European games away from home where it's been turgid and no matter what players we play um, we've played a variety of systems now because um, we started the season with the 4-2-3-1 and whatever it is it's just a blandness and it all came to a head on Saturday um, I don't know where we go from here, I agree with what Ian said as well, things have to change now um, and if the players didn't realise how big a season this was, which I can't believe I'm even saying, they certainly do now. And this is last chance saloon, I think, for Lennon and all those players. I, I you know, I'll just run it back. I think we've had, I, I suppose, what, we've played 16, 17 games now. I think we've had three good performances. Hamilton, Hibbs and Reykjavik. This is like under 25%. I mean, that's not even fucking pass marks. That's that's like, Barry, what would you be doing if uh, one of the kids in your class got fucking 25% in a test? You'd be, right. you'd tell them they had to go back a year or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell. You'd do a Lennon. You'd, do- <laughs> you'd just keep everything exactly the same. It's your fault. And then with me. Nothing to do with me. Some of these pupils don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um, the, you know, the, in terms of the, the game itself, I, I don't think... I don't think any of us really want, I don't think people really want to hear us go through a timeline timeline of the game and, and different events in it because, you know, who wants to revisit that? I think there's plenty to talk about kind of surrounding the game. And in the, the lead up to the game, I feel, I, I feel a bit of an idiot because I must admit, see all last week, I knew in my, I knew in my gut that that wasn't going to be good. And it's ridiculous, but that I always have a fe- some sort of feeling. I can either judge it either way. I'm not saying I always get it right, but I had a feeling in my gut that things weren't good. And it was like a perfect storm. And 
we'll get to we'll get to Lennon in more detail in a minute, but I do think it was a bit of a perfect storm the way it happened in terms of the international game on the Wednesday and then this game on the Saturday morning and the coronavirus and the players that were missing for us and all that sort of stuff. Things that you can't you can you know you can't excuse is the fact that a lot of the players that played were at training and weren't away in international duty and we didn't have a plan. And by Neil Lennon's own admission, he cobbled that team together, you know, the night before the game. I mean that, that just shouldn't have happened. Um but I'd like to focus on the players for a minute because you know I understand the anger towards Neil Lennon. But I'm angry personally at the players as well. Now, these players, they, they, be under no illusions that when a player signs for Celtic, one of the first things they're told about is the derby. It's about the rivalry with Rangers. So you're not telling me that every single one of those players don't know what it means to every one of us for them to go out and play against them. And they never turned up. Every one of them to a man never bothered their ass. Now, I know that you can say, well, if they're not all turning up, that's Lennon's fault. And, and I get that. There is a longer term issue here that is, there's an undercurrent here that is Lennon's fault. But you're not telling me that the likes of Olivia and Cham and players of that ilk that have the quality that they can't raise it when it comes to a game against them because they know what it's like. They've played in it before. We had five debutants. That that shows how fragile that starting 11 was, having five players. When has that ever happened? But see the players that have played in it before that know what this game means. You should have done a hell of a lot better. And I think there's, I personally feel that we've learned a hell of a lot about some of those players. We've sat in the fit, we've been too Namby Bambi with Barkas. Has Barkas really impressed? No, he's not. Has Duffy impressed? No. Duffy's been pretty shit, to be honest with you, since he came in. I started the game horrendously, gave away the free kick that led to the first goal. He saved us later on in the game, but he's got his flaws. And that's why AC Milan had him on a short list, but never put their hand in their pocket to buy him. Then you've got Stephen Welsh thrown in. I thought, he'd, I thought he'd done well. I thought he'd done everything that he could. Frimpong, you know, Frimpong, that was his worst game of football he's ever played in his life. Now, don't get me wrong, he was doubled up on. He was tactically marked at the game and, and bossed about. But you sh- you could see how naive that young boy was because he didn't know what to do. And then you've got the likes of Scott Brown. I'm sorry, Scott Brown does not play in that team. He doesn't start the game. I know some, Annie, I know, but I need to get this off my chest. Then you've got in Cham, like, listen... I know that everybody keeps saying he's a Rolls Royce and all that. See if you genuinely believe that now at this point. You're deluded. You are deluded with yourself. Olivia and Cham has to be out of that team. I don't care what anybody says. And Cham is not the player that you think he should be or that you think that he is. He's just host. Not. host. Shut up. Moy El Yanusi. He's still going. <laughs> Moy is, is not a striker. He's a winger. Don't ever play him anywhere else. And see Clamala, God bless him. He's a lovely boy. He looks like a menace, but he's powder puff. And this is not the level for him. He needs to go back and work in his game. He's not ready for this. It's, it's unfortunate he gets thrown in, but Jesus Christ, these players, these players need a serious fucking slap. You know what? They need managed. 
Oh no, you can't. Don't give me that, Samani. It's not just all about the fucking manager. If you were a player, would you put in a shit performance against Rangers because of your manager? No, no, me. No, no. No, I know you. Some lesser lesser players out there. But I mean, you forgot a few. You forgot a few. You're going to to put Lax out under the bus. He was dreadful. He was garbage. McGregor. What about McGregor? McGregor was garbage as well. So come on, name the McGregor was McGregor was one of the only ones actually trying. Laxalt was in putting in crosses. Laxalt was putting in crosses. I'll give you that, but I I didn't think he was up to much off the ball. I think he was culpable for the second goal as well. Players, right? Like all eleven players, they were garbage. That level of performance from McGregor was as unacceptable as anybody else's, and there's only one person to blame for that, Louis. So I I think you I think yeah, you can both be it. right right because I think Lennon takes a huge share of the blame but do you know what Louis soliloquy there which was which was beautifully beautifully delivered there is a level of professional pride which which said do, do you know what I mean it, absolutely if you turn absolutely. up to your work and you just look like you can't be fucked being there and you actually put in almost no effort no intensity no passion but surely to God there's something in you that says do you know what? My, my standards are higher than this. I'm going to I'm going to take this on and, and go and try and do it. I get it that there's not a plan and the system's wrong, but fucking hell, turn up with a bit of fire in your heart. Do you think, just on that, Ian, see the fact that if they are underperforming, which they are, and maybe they don't like Lennon, I don't know, but do you think the fact that no fans were there certainly allows them not to deliver that level of performance i i completely agree so so i i ended up i got i got cornered by by the staunchest director at my work on monday and i was like right fuck it i'll, I'll bring it up right anyway he he said that that his worry as as a rangers fan he said he said that 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 team there reminded him of rangers when they were trying to do 10 in a row and effectively the you're relying on the muscle memory of winning to try and get through and actually forgetting about the basics and, and forgetting about what made you good in the first place. But he was saying that that his biggest worry is that Rangers beat Celtic four times and they drop points all over the place and don't win the league. But the other thing he said is that that he thinks that, that Celtic are being completely hampered by the empty stadiums and actually it's really helping Rangers because the pressure that used to be on them where the, the crowd would kind of turn on them, that's gone. So they're all excuses and, I, and as I say I don't take Lennon out of this but I, I do think those are factors yeah. I'm, I'm just sick of these players getting away with absolute murder and it, it, it just I, I can't understand how they don't get criticism like Samani you can't say that this is just all Neil Lennon's <laughs> fault you just can't say that are you kidding me on have we not criticised the players we have criticised the players it took some weeks now we're on this most weeks which is why we talk about it regularly it took some weeks for me and for other people to start questioning the manager. We were pointing the finger at the players. The players do deserve a, a modicum of blame in this. But when all 11 players on that park on Saturday, and you know you can pick out one or two and, and go, uh, they got this or they got that, there's nobody who delivered a level of performance that's acceptable for me, if we're being honest. Some were slightly better than others, but all of them were below the level expected. When that happens, and... I said it in the aftermath and I say it now. I don't want this. I don't want rid of Lennon because I don't like Lennon, right? If I'm saying that I want Lennon to go, it's because I think that he's, we're in danger of not winning the league, right? So this isn't a personal thing about Neil Lennon. Do you know what I mean? It hurts me to say this, 
But when you get players turning in that level of performance, added to the level of performances we've had this season, for me, there's a problem with the level of management there. Now, see if we go out and we play really well on Thursday and, and then we get points in Pataudry and, and the performances start coming, I'll be the first to go. It's it's turned, it's changed, right? But see, right now, as we say it just now, I can't see how it will. I don't think it will, and that is worrying me. But so, so, so see, for me, all those guys out there are capable of doing so much more. I think with the right direction, they would be able to. I think the problem is with the direction. And I think I think we're sidestepping that issue a bit if we're focusing on individual players. Because to be perfectly honest, there's you know, they've been doing it for the whole part of this season. And the buck the, the guy that carries the can is unfortunately the guy in the dugout. Yeah, and I, I, I understand I, I, I what you mean, Louis, but ultimately I think we're dancing around the issue by saying but, but yeah, but the, the longer t- the longer term problems, as you say, Samani, the longer term problems with, with how the players are coached and the fact that we have been absolutely turgid since this league started, that is that is a hundred percent on Neil Lennon. Right? But out of the players, honestly, who can you count on to give you at least seven out of ten every week? This because Let's face it, see right now, we're not winning this league. It's not happening. So we're not going to win 10 in a row. Something's got to change right now. Who can we count on? Like, we can't we can't count on the likes of Patrick Clamara. I'm sorry, I think the boy, that, it's unfair because he's not ready to deliver for us, right? But you can't count on someone like that. Something needs to change, but I don't know how many players right now that you can actually say hand on heart, you put them in the team because you know you're going to get something from them. You know what the, the worst part is about, because I, I don't disagree. I think we are, you, you know, you know, we're behind in the league and, and, and it does feel like it, like it, it could go the wrong way, but it, it's so fucking meek. It, it, it's just like, it's like, a, it's, it's not losing it with a bang. It's, it's with a whimper. Right? If you think about the Celtic team that stopped the 10, right? We bought Henrik fucking Larson, right? That's what it took for us to stop that, right? Ultimately was buying potentially one of the, 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 the best players Celtic have ever had in their history. That's what helped us to stop the 10. F- fucking Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos. It's so pathetic. And I don't disagree, Mr. Money. They are better than us right now, but fucking hell, look at what's in front of you and raise your game. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have to. They didn't have to no. really get out of second gear. Six but, out of ten, yeah. maybe a second. And, and and this this happened at Celtic Park, Barry. Yeah, it's unforgivable. I think just to go back to the point we were saying about who can you rely on, on the reaction, um, Gal said to Alan and me to go through the team who was a pass or a fail, um, and I think between us we maybe had three players, which is no matter who you're playing, if only three of your players are putting in, as Manny says an okay performance, you're on to plums. And the fact that we didn't have a single shot on target at Celtic Park against our rivals is a fucking disgrace. Yeah, absolutely. And see 3-5-2. I mean, the starting lineup. everybody knows the starting lineup, right? 3-5-2. 3-5-2 cannot continue in its current form. Now, again, to be fair... We're hampered with players. We can't probably fully get the best out of the system because of the players that are that are not available. But it doesn't look like it's going to work for us, does it? I mean, 
why for why why can't we, for example? Now, I, I must admit, right? I've been that pissed off. Everything. I I've got no time for fucking all these deep fucking intellectual tactics talks and like XG and all that. I, I can't be asked. I think this Celtic team need to get back to basics and do the basics right because they're failing at the basic things. But see, when it comes to just how they're going to set up, why can't we set up the, the, the exact same way as what they do? Especially against them. Why can't we just match them man for man, 4-3-3? I mean, would that not arguably play to our strengths? And if if they sit, and don't get me wrong, I know that they're a lot more ingrained in their system. They've been doing the exact same thing for years, so you would expect them to pull it off probably better than us. But have we not got the better players? Can we not set up and match them, and that would in some way nullify them because you've got to uh, you've got to accept Gerrard's get Neil Lennon's number every day of the week. Yep. I mean, it's the discipline that essentially comes from understanding that system in and out. And you know, fucking hell, do you know I, I read Jordan's piece in the Athletic about about how they're coached and how they're coached, particularly coming up to games against Celtic and games against um, in Europe. And he'll put like they they play in a thirty yard pitch and put out mannequins in in the the formation that what they set up and and then they just practice it kind of over and over again, and I really I and mean, Lennon's not a training ground manager I, I I get that but I don't I don't get <laughs> I don't feel like we can just now change this on a whim and. And and ah right okay great right four two three one's not really worked three five two's not really worked let's go four four two diamond or let's go four three three um I I really don't I really don't know again I don't I think it comes down to the coaching not even the system um, just drilling players of their own individual jobs because um, Galson in the chat there three five two worked last season but. For whatever reason, it doesn't look like we've worked on that. We didn't even start the season with it, um, which was strange. But I just don't think there's any plan, any sort of in-game plan, what to do when a situation arises. It's just, and I think we've all been saying this, and most people on Twitter have been saying it, it's a case of we're the best players in the country, just go out and wear them down and we'll eventually beat them. But it's not been working. Um, It took two last-minute goals or two goals in 90-plus minutes against St. Johnson to win that. Dundee United away, um, the two European away games. So there's something severely wrong, and I don't even think it is a system issue, Louis. I think it's just, I don't know, just general coaching and just a general malaise behind the scenes. My, my, my big worry is, see the fact that there's no fans in the stadium. This board are just going to bury their heads. If, you, if you're relying on them going on Twitter to see the outrage, you're gubbed. The fact that we can't go to that stadium and, and protest and, and go mental and have banners and songs and all that, it, that's that's the that's the main reason why I think Neil Lennon, there is absolutely no chance that guy gets sacked. No chance. Because they're just not going to listen. They'll just turn a blind eye. Any social media age, they don't need to look at it. They don't look at it anyway. So, Manny? Nah, see if it comes to it, the crowd will make, the support will make their voice heard. If it comes to it, the support will make their voice heard. But what what, what has to happen? What has to happen? Well, I assumed we would come on to that in a minute. Um, I, don't, I don't know what has to happen, but this is a big week. Let's say 
safer period from the game on Saturday until full-time muscle on Sunday. It's a big week. It's only a third over, by the way. Now, the Milan game's almost a gimme in terms of we can get beat, right? But if we put in a performance that shows a bit of spirit, a bit of heart, I think there'll be a bit of credit given to us. See if we drop points on Sunday. You couple that with a heavy defeat to Milan during the week. I don't know where we are then. I, I really don't. Um, and, you know, the, the pressure's on Lennon and the players to deliver because you're saying that they'll just bury their head in the sand. Well, they might, but the Celtic support will still have their voice held in terms of this isn't good enough. I mean, you've seen the Green Brigade out beforehand in terms of, you know, putting their support and giving their pressure and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and a, not, not putting the pressure on, but, you know, it was basically saying, you know what this means to his guys, right? And obviously that didn't have the, the proper effect. But the idea that those those guys and other supporters won't make their voice heard in some way if it continues to get worse, uh, that won't happen. That We're not the sort of club that would do that. So I, I think that that... that that definitely, definitely will happen. I don't know, and I imagine we'll talk about it, I don't know what it would take to, to we get to the stage where the board would have to act, but if you think it's bad just now in terms of the feeling and the support, those these next two games, they, that would dial it up to a limit. Really, you, you, you want them out, don't you, Samani? You want them out now? Um, <laughs> out now? Do I, want, do I want Lennon? Would I prefer Lennon wasn't the manager? Yes. I, I didn't want him in to start with. Um, the only caveat is always who it would be that replaced them because obviously there are candidates who could be worse. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that. You were jibing me on the, the WhatsApp play. So I'm going to turn the question back to you. Do you want Lennon to go? Do you want him gone now? I or- do, I. But I, I, I tell you, one man I don't want to replace him is Kennedy. I, I'm, I'm not having that because Kennedy is complicit in all this as well. You know, it, he's we can't we, we are really I think we've put ourselves Neil Lennon and, and the players and the management have put our, put our season in massive jeopardy and we have to gain back control now because it's slipping away from us and if we don't do something major it's going to be gone before we know it I think Kennedy has now seen his chance of even taking over for Neil Lennon gone, I think. If if you're going to get Neil, rid of Neil Lennon, which I would not argue against, as you say, it's all about who you bring in. But can we do better than this? Absolutely. Absolutely one, we can. One quick point, guys. I wouldn't do any hog things, right? There are no good choices here, really. The best, the best scenario that can happen is Lennon turns this around, right? Correct. Getting rid of Lennon is not a good choice. It's not, right? Keeping them very possibly is not a good choice either. If you remember back to their uh, 10 in a row season, you were talking about the director in your company or whoever it was, right? They announced during that season that he was off at the end of the year. Yeah. Now, we we did the review. Or, uh, I don't know if you were on, Barry, when we did the review of that. I, I don't even know if I did the review. I, I, that's, that's my... <laughs> you listened to it. I either was on it or listened to it. Who knows? That, that's the way I am just now. Um they were garbage that season. They were dropping points all over the place. So were we. We kind of stumbled there and, and we got there, right? But they were in a bit of a ray that season. And one of the reasons probably was because they said Smith's away at the end of the season. And so, so there are no good choices here. So it's like, do I want him gone? to well, I, because I think that we could, he's part of the problem and I think we could do better. But replacing your manager during this season isn't good either. I, I really like. I, 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 you know, 
this this was probably what I what I ended up a bit stuck on on Saturday. And and I, again, I don't disagree that that you know probably similar to you, Sermani, I I would have him gone, but I genuinely struggle to come up with a with a, a sensible candidate who you could hand across to. And, and be really confident of coming through, and and I really worry that 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 Lowell and Desmond would would bring back somebody like Martin O'Neill or Gordon Strachan, and when with the best will in the world, the game has gone so far past those two gentlemen, it's unbelievable. Um, so you then kind of go right. Well, wh- what would you do, right? So so you could go to an Eddie Howe, right? And and, and Eddie Howe, I, I, you know, I was saying he's not he's not won anything. He's a he's a, he's a one club man. Big money, and 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 actually, you, you're asking Eddie Howe to come in, never won a trophy, and and win you ten in a row. It is it is really sorry. He, he managed at Burnley as well for a season. My apologies, uh, Mister Producer. Um, I I kind of I think with how there's sort of like he's probably the best manager that's available just now, unless we could get Pochettino, which is clearly probably not going to happen. So there's not really an amazing candidate sitting there waiting in the wings to, to to come in, and that's my biggest worry. Just just on that, I think I think we all agree with Sermani. The best case scenario is that Lennon somehow galvanizes the squad and goes on a run similar to after the 29th of December last year. But again, I think if you bring in a former manager like Strachan or O'Neill, their methods are outdated. I think even Lennon's methods are outdated. He yeah. seems to be from that kind of tracksuit manager where it's just go out and play. We're better than them. Um, given the, I know I've spoken about this earlier in the, in the season, the, the days off thing um, seems to be a, a favourite of Lennon's. Um, I think we need to find a balance because he went from the rat, um, his ultra professionalism to Lennon, who seems to not be as professional as him, to put it nicely. Um, I think, I, I agree with all of you, I think I want Lennon gone, but if he is to stay, I think he really needs to do some soul-searching. And if he isn't listening to the people around the club, the analysts, the likes of Kennedy and Strachan, if they're not getting their ideas across to Lennon, now is the time where he has to swallow his pride and think, for the good of his future and for the club in this massive season, he needs to take on board every piece of advice he can get. I think in all of our jobs, if you knew you were up severely under pressure, you would go to the people you trusted or the people who had more experience than you or had things in their repertoire that you aren't as strong as you should be and ask them. And that's what Lennon has to do for me. He has to go take advice from anyone who can and try and turn this round because otherwise we're up shit creek. And, and let's be really honest, like Lennon, Lennon has to, you know, the, Lennon has a huge legacy with this club as as a player and as a manager, right? Lennon cannot want, from his personal perspective, for his ultimate legacy to be the man who meekly gave up on ten in a row, right? That has to drive something in him. So as you say, Barry, if that means that he has to reach out and start to listen, he, he I'm not being funny. If Lennon wins 10 in a row in 15 years' time, he's got a statue in Celtic Way, right? That That's realistic, right? It's, you know, he's probably, you know, our, sort of one of our most successful managers at that point, right? Or you're the guy that loses 10 in a row. Like, what, what you know, 
he has to, as you say, look inwards and find the fucking fire and get the help, whatever it is, to get this back on track. I, I think you're relying on Delmo Desmond, to be honest with you. It was when we get beat off of him um, in that, that cup final that he took it personally, went, no, this doesn't happen, went out, spent the money on, on the rat. And I'm sick of the rat getting so much plaudits, man. See you in the last few days. Oh, wow, fucking third season. Was the, the, the rat was great and he never had this. But what's changed is Lennon took over the rat's team that already had a style of play. They had everything, everything was already done for them. The thing that they probably lacked was they needed a manager to maybe unleash them from that system a wee bit and let them express themselves a bit more. And the whole bringing the thunder back job, that's what Lennon was brought in for because it's probably what we needed at the time. But, you know, three transfer windows later, this isn't his, that's, that's not the Rats team anymore. It's Neil Lennon's team and they're playing, or at least they're being coached in the mould of a Neil Lennon team. I wouldn't even say they're playing in the mould of a Neil Lennon team because no. they were so pitiful and pathetic at the weekend. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that's how Neil Lennon expects his teams to play. But, you know, if we're going to talk, maybe talk for a minute about the longer term issues, I mean, forget, not forget that game, but there's obviously something going on. So, Manny, it's been alluded to and all the, the podcast since the game that there's deeper line issues there's bigger things going on why aren't the players performing for Neil Lennon? Well we're guessing we're, we're, we are guessing but the biggest clue probably is the press conference after the Ferenc Faros match now the difference between Andres and Rangers in terms of squad is everybody consistently has said we've got better players than they do you know man for man um Nobody's prepared to admit that's not the case and that most of us don't think that's the case. I certainly don't. I think we've got a better better calibre of player than they do. Right? But with that, when you've got a calibre of player that includes the likes of Vincham, Ayer, Edward, McGregor, you know, there's four guys off the top of my head who, rightly or wrongly, either can, will, or feel that they should be playing at a much higher level. Now, we were talking about Edward at the start of the season having to, you know, having to stave off bids for him. And we've seen it in some of the other podcasts on the Cynic talking about bids of 40, 60 million pounds to scare off clubs and things like that. That's not the case over the road. There's only one player that they were talking about punting for big money and it was Morelos and we've seen how that ended up. So you've got a squad of players who are a calibre below, right? Who aren't attracting the attention of other big clubs, right? Whereas we do. But, and but they're effective no, that's well. That's the point. That's about the system, and that, that's about them being effective, right? But I mean, I, 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 I get, I get, I get slagged off rotten for saying that Glenn Kamara was a good signing for them. He's a bit one of the best players on the pitch. He, he, but, he, but, but, but the question you're going off on a tangent now because you, you love pointing to stuff that you've said previously. Let me finish. Host. No, I, I do. I do. A good host <laughs> lets them go. So why aren't the players performing for Lennon? Well, one, those comments were very ill advised. We all said that at the time, and two. Only, est- get, only estimating or guessing here, basically. Perhaps there's an awful lot of players who were told that they can't go, who had decided that this was the season they were going to go on and play in a bigger league, and they were told not to. And then you've got a lot of disharmony within the squad. That's a guess, but it's as good as any, I'd say. And, and, and I would say it's maybe even... Well, so you can argue, right? So, so if Edward thought he was going this season... From what Kieran said the other day, there was, there was, there was, there was you know some interest for, for Edward and one bid that was miles away. And apparently every time 
he they were asked what the price was they named huge huge numbers now the thing is it's a, there's two points there number one is edward pissed off because effectively the the barriers have absolutely gone up so so everybody knows it's hands off but the second thing is is he pissed off because actually he thought he was a big deal and he thought he was going to attract all this money and actually covid and various other external factors have meant that these bids haven't come in and actually, but again, this comes back to professional pride, which is, okay, okay, you know, pick yourself up, go again, show them what, what they're missing out on and make sure that come January or come the, come the summer that they're they're queuing up to sign you. I think, yeah, totally agree with that. I think, as the man says, we're speculating, but it could be a mixture of that. A lot of players thought they were going to go and they weren't allowed to. Maybe it is, again, as I mentioned, not having fans to play. Um, a big part about playing for Celtic is playing for the fans because, you know, that's one of our big sort of unique selling points. And then, is it something to do with the coaching that's changed? And again, just speculating, but the only change in the coaching uh, background is Damien Duff leaving. So perhaps he had a bigger input than we gave him credit for. Um, just reading some things online about... Within Damien Duff's first training session, apparently the players were so impressed, particularly the French players I read somewhere, um, and then replacing them with Strachan. Now, I think it's a bit unfair to pick out Strachan because I'm seeing he's coming in for a lot of sort of weird criticism on Twitter for his appearance and stuff like that, but we don't actually know what he does. But just speculating, that could be another reason that Damien Duff was so such a good coach, and maybe he took the majority of training, and now he's away. So, well, I, I Damien think Duff any, might any, end up being the most palatable candidate for somebody to take over. Jesus Christ, I hope not. But I'm uh, just uh, uh, I'm saying from see, the names we talked about see, so far. See if see if you're going to replace. Like my my only worry for what someone said earlier was Martin O'Neill. I mean, because I could see that. Because Dermot Desmond would go, you're bringing back an idol, right? Look at that but Ireland team, though. No, 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 no. Oh. I know, I know, absolutely. But I think the only way you can go is go with someone that the players are going to stand up and take notice of as soon as he walks in that room. You're not going to get that with Eddie Howe. You know, and you, and you need someone it's Rafa. with Eddie. It's Rafa with, or bust. You need, you need, aye. You need does, someone with the experience. Yeah. You need someone with the experience and the the aura around them to walk into that change room. And go right. This is what's fucking happening, and they go and do it. But there's very few people like that, and they cost top dollar. But do you know what? If Dermot Desmond really wants to win ten in a row, it might get to that. But you know, see on the on the point of the coaching. Anytime you know, a, a lot of the things we've heard. And, you know, who knows half of these things if they're ever actually true. God knows. But from the videos that you see on YouTube, it seems to always be, um, it always seems to be Kennedy that's doing the coaching. Neil Lennon is usually always standing there with his arms, you know, his arms crossed and just watching, overseeing the training. He's not actually training those players. Now, is that part of the problem or is Kennedy not a good enough trainer? But Kennedy was there under the rat when we were performing at a, a much higher level. And and also the rat tried to take him by, by all accounts and, and Kennedy refused to go. He was Fucking the, rat bastard. He was the Jerry Maguire. Does it come down to, sorry, does it come down to that Kennedy still wants to implement the rat's type of coaching and Lennon's not interested and maybe that's where the disconnect is? Maybe. Uh, no. Some money. Uh, Gal's pointed out, obviously, Martin O'Neill used to do that. Here's 
Here's one that kept me awake the other night when I read it. Do you want somebody to come in who the players will stand up and respect along with an old head? It's Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane. That's what was punted on Twitter. That's the sort of thing. That's the sort of thing that they would come up with. And people, and there are people out there who would go, oh, Keane won't let him away with that. Aye, the dads would fucking love it. I know I'm a dad, but but fucking hell, man. I've learned my I've learned my lesson for Duffy. That's totally what we don't need, though, because I think we've seen not to give him credit, and I think I think it's been well publicised that it's Michael Beale who's the brains behind it, but. You need a thinker, someone who has ideas of how to coach a team and how to implement tactics, not someone who's going to scream at players. The game's moved on. It's not fucking 1995 anymore. We need to look beyond that. Someone who, we need a bit of presence. I totally agree that. You need someone who, as soon as he goes in, he's got the player's respect before he opens his mouth. But you need someone who is a tactician, someone who can change a system if it's not working and can do little tweaks within the game. Um, what you don't want is what Lennon was doing on Saturday, someone who sat down for the majority of the game or every time the camera was on him with his arms folded. Every time the camera was on their bench, they were huddled together. They were discussing in-game tweaks, I think. And that seems to have gone because how often, I think back to, was it Ross County away where... Uh, Chris Davis shouted on Stuart Armstrong to take the free kick and then he scored. So that's the kind of coaching we need. We don't need somebody like Roy Keane who's going to scream at players because I don't think that works anymore. How's, uh, how's Xavi getting on at Al Sad? He loved oh, Celtic Park. Get the fans in. Come on, Louis. Dream a little no, bit. Dream no, a little bit. It's not allowed. Listen, let's, let's try and think, you know, reasons to be positive where, you know, and, and where we go from here. Um, I know it's difficult, but... You know, we're, we're four points behind. We've got a game in hand. It's only October. They, despite the fact that I don't think they really get out of second gear, we do have the better players, or, or the potentially better players. We just don't have them being anywhere near as effective. What do we do? What would you like to see? If you, like, let's just put Lennon to one side right now because we all know he's not going anywhere right now. But what would you like to see in terms of formation and in terms of players for the for the next series of games coming up? AC Milan is different. Europe is different. Would you want to see in the league? I'd love to kick his off. Is that if that's okay with everybody else? So Manny, thanks very much. I've got another man, I, I, and because I, I was expecting someone to pull me up for it earlier, but another man that we cannot rely on, who is finished at the Celtic Football Club. I wish him well in his future endeavours, but Tom Rogic is a player that should not be coming back on for Celtic. I'm afraid. I, I, this is another thing where I've been fucking kidding myself on, thinking that Tam's going to come back and do this, do that. He's no, he's done. He's finished with. So where do we go from here? I want to change formation. I I, I don't think three five two plays to our strengths. I think you know Duffy, for example, has been asked to do things that he just clearly cannot do. You have to play to his strengths. I think him he has to kind of play because of the amount of money that we're paying for him and things like that. So I think him and I are as your two centre halves. One's a ball player who can obviously get back to doing what he does best, and then you've got to get the no-nonsense no beside him. I'd like to see as a wee bit more solid, and I think with, with two full-backs pushed up, that was my big concern with Axel. He 
when when we get a turnover of possession and they were on us, I felt like he was in no man's land, and it, and it's not necessarily all because of him. It's because of the, the role that he's playing, and I, I thought we looked susceptible. I think you've got to stick with him because you can't really criticise the boy. It was his first game, for Christ's sake. Frimpong, of course, you've got to stick with, but you've got to educate and help in, in the game as well. So those, those would be my two kind of right-back, left-back. Midfield three, I think it's... Uh, we've been kidding ourselves on with this for long enough as well, and it's got to change. I think we need... There, those players go out for me and they've been going out looking heavy and burdened and a team that just look as if they don't want to be there. It needs a freshness about it again. It needs a bit of energy about it again and a youthfulness and players actually enjoying their football again. I'd like to see McGregor, the deepest of the midfield three, with Turnbull in there and Christie in there in the more advanced position, bringing energy and bringing a bit of, you know, players that really want to be there. Out wide, Johnson, I would love to see Johnson back in on the left, but I also think you've got to go with Moy first because I think you've got to play him as a winger in his proper position. None of this up front or in the 10 or in the half space and all this box. Just put him out wide. He's a winger and let him do his thing. Forrest, obviously, on the right when he comes back. Until he gets back, it's difficult. I don't know if a jetty can play in there. And then up front, obviously, Eddie. Um, and if Eddie is, is unavailable, play Griffiths. Like Saklamala, I'm afraid you, you're just not ready. We can't count on you. And Cham, nut, garbage, get to fuck. And then Brown as well. Brown's days are over. I'm not saying he was atrocious at the weekend, but you know for a fact he shouldn't be playing now. That's what I would like to see. Very quickly, I'll keep this short and sweet. I'd say that I'd like us to be able to play two different formations now. The problem is it's dead easy to go out. Three five two doesn't work now. He's bought his his window was kind of based around that. He's obviously got the two wing backs there. He's got the three at the back. I'm not sure Duffy's the one that should be playing balls at the back, so I would certainly change that. But the idea that three five two you just have to bin it now. I'm not so sure that, that that's possible with the the signings that we made uh, in the transfer window and it did work. At, you know, in, in games last season. Now it might be that we don't play three five two against them. One thing I want to very quickly say as well is it's not people are talking about their system as if it's revolutionized football. No, it's a well-drilled system that has got its own problems. See, you know, they struggled last season and they've struggled this season at times in terms of trying to break people down because as an attacking threat and an attacking force, they're not that potent either. If they get a goal, forget it. When they got two, I knew the game was done because they're really well drilled at that. But let's not make this out like it's total football from the Dutch in the 70s or something like that. We should be able to play a system that suits us against most teams and adapt to other teams. That might be four at the back, playing um, uh, against them, um, whereas again, in other teams, we can play that 3-5-2. I don't think we can just totally throw it away. I think we probably have to be able to change it up. But what we certainly need to do against them is adapt the way that we counter against their system because it's not like you're waiting in their team leading. You know what they're going to do when you play against them. Figure out how to adapt to that. But I think a combination of the two, depending on who we play, is something that we should look at. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree, Sir Manny. I think I was just sort of scribbling down while, while, while Louis and through his. I, I kind of think one of the downsides of the 3-5-2 is, is, is like 
teams have, and I guess it'll be interesting to see the three-five-two against a team that's not Rangers because one of the challenges was that Frimpong gets doubled up against because they knew that Taylor wasn't going to give them any bother. And actually, with Laxalt, does that become a little bit less um, lopsided? But I do, I kind of diamond 4-4-2. I really like the idea of Eduard Nayeti up front and we've only really seen it once and I actually think there's something in terms of Eduard Ayeti playing off Edward, you know, Edward kind of that horrendous Strachan Hartson argument about the different interpretations of number 10. But I, I quite like the idea of a bit more width. But see, see, two up front. see, Ayeti, see Ayeti, how's he no fit? Like, this is ridiculous. How's how Griffiths not fit, fit as well? By the way, like, it's the same thing. Like, how, how long has Griffiths been injured for? Like, I don't get it. He did get in, yeah, he did, he did, he did get that hamstring, but he, he's never, I don't think, I so fuck, been, he should have got over it. He's not been pathetic. fit since he's he never came. been fit since he came, exactly. Barry, I think, um, I think whether we like it or not, and I know you asked us what we would like to see, I think I'd like to see a 4 3 3. Um, delicious, Barry, great, great. But my three would be the same three that you said in the middle, um, so I would have um, McGregor, uh, in the center of that. Deep line and then Turnbull and Christie. And the reason for that is the three of them can do something out of the ordinary. They can, they all want to go forward. They all want to think positively, like try things that might not come off. Whereas the three that played on Saturday, Brown, McGregor, can actually think that was one of McGregor's poorest performances I've ever seen. And then Cham, it's too safe. It's take the ball from the centre halves, give it back to the centre halves, play out wide, take it back. Whereas if you've got that three that we said, Louis, I think you would have Christie and Turnbull running beyond the strikers and just giving us a little bit of impetus because we were powder puff against Rangers, never threatened them once. Um, and I would have, if I was having the three up front, I would maybe have a Yeti in the centre of that with Edward coming off the left and Forrest off the right. So an unconventional 4-3-3 perhaps, but that's how I would go for it. The the AC Milan game, obviously, we're playing them on Thursday. I mean, does anybody anticipate the types of changes that we're talking about here? I mean, I I just can't see it, and I don't know. I don't know what you think, but I think it's more or less a game where we're we're just trying to get through it. I, and I know Neil Lennon might not pitch it that way. I'm sure he won't. I'm sure he'll say this is a big chance to get a reaction and to get the fans back on side and all that. I'm not so sure that it's the game for that, though. You're I going suspect, against a team that are top of Serie A. Yeah, I, I suspect that particularly to games like this, we should be reverting to the 4-2-3-1 um, that, 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 that actually worked really well in the in the group stages last year. And uh, Now, Edward's probably not going to be fit and but hopefully Ayeti is and, and and I think I think you need that that solidity against Milan and, and you know in an empty Celtic park again. You know, you're not getting that the sort of the benefit of the sixty thousand there. So you would argue it's kinda nullified. So so yeah, I, I, I suspect he'll kinda go back to that. Anybody is anybody looking forward to the Milan game? I thought we were all going to talk about what we were going to do instead of watching the Milan game. <laughs> what were you going to do? Uh, well, I was going to say I was going to go to the gym, but I've actually changed my gym schedule so that uh, I, I went yesterday. I'm going to go tomorrow. So I probably will watch it. I was just trying to dob you guys in for not watching the game. Sorry. I'm, go- I'm going to watch it just to see Lennon's inspiring touchline performance. 
I think I think I said that is it FIFA or one of the management games where you can sim a match and just go straight to the full time whistle. I'd love to do that for Thursday and then just all focus on Sunday. Because no our luck, we'll put up a mighty performance, we'll get a couple of injuries and then Milan will score in the last minute. So it's a complete disaster. Not worthwhile. Um but I think I said it on the um the reaction. I would go I would play I saw a second string against Milan and I know we might get beat heavily but at the end of the day if we're one ten in a row is anyone going to say oh, remember that team Milan beat us 5-0 at home nobody'd give a fuck see, see when it oh sorry someone I, I won't I, would, I wouldn't play a, a, a reduced team I want a reaction from them like, I, I think we need a reaction um, so I, I, I've, that's what I'm looking for I mean I don't care if we I don't care if we get that's a stupid thing to say of course I will but the main thing I'm looking for is reaction to that. It's about why aren't these players playing? Well, we'll soon see if there's anything changed between Saturday and Thursday uh, in terms of the performance. And I think you need your first team players out to gauge that. If you've got a second string out there, it's it's it, you're not going to be able to get a, a handle on that going forward. I think we need this close to our full team out to see what the response is. And that. Uh, uh, I don't know what we'll get. That would, that, would, that would arguably frustrate me more, though. See if we turn it on and the players suddenly give a shit because they're playing Milan. Uh, that would just make me even more angry, I think. Let's, Louis, Louis, the angriest man in the world. Would be I'm a genuine... Fuck's sake! I know. Um, <laughs> but see, uh, I mean, Sunday, Aberdeen, you know, I, I think this, this is a game where we have been quite... You know, we've put down Aberdeen in the trip to Pataudry for the last couple of seasons. We've said, oh, it's nothing to worry about now. You know, it's no, it's not what it used to be. These games are not anything to fret about because we always go up there and win. Totally different now, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they were 4-0 up against Hamilton and it's now 4-2. They were 4-0 up after 31 minutes, which is uh, quite interesting. Sorry, Barry, and you go. I was going to say, yeah, um, I think every game this season has got that extra level, but even more so now. Um, it is a place that's been kind to us in the past, but Aberdeen themselves will be knowing that we're hurting and they'll be smelling blood themselves. They'll think it's an ideal opportunity to play Celtic when we're, we're down in the dumps. So we need to get it right. Um, got to kind of treat it as now as a new start. Um, any ideas that they've put in or changes they've made this week, that's where it has to start. And yeah, um, it's unthinkable that we don't get three points. And if we do, then something. But I think Sir Manny said at the start, we're we're closer to something changing. I think, and no, none of us want that. Sir Manny. can't even think what you say. I mean, Pataudry's really important. Pataudry's the important one. It really is. Um, but I don't think these two games can be taken in isolation, personally. The two of them matter as much in different ways, as daft as that sounds, as each other. There needs to be a reaction. See, say we went out... Right, I think people said this about the game on Saturday. See if they'd beat us 2-0 and it was two breakaways and we'd hit the post and we'd 15 shots on target. We would... You know, we wouldn't have reacted the same way. See if we lose 3-0 or 2-1 or something against Milan, but, you know, we showed something. See if it was, okay, this maybe not the case. If we if it was two each, but you seen something huge and difference in the performance of Audrey, 
would give you something to think about. For me, these two games need to see a marked improvement, both of them. The Tawdry's the one we need to win. Milan's the one we can afford to lose. But we need to see an attitude change for both of them. For me, you can't isolate the two of them. That's the way I feel on it. We've we've heard, you know, we've had fucking lovely platitudes from Shane Duffy on Instagram about how sad he felt about being utterly fucking shite and embarrassed and scanted um, on his. Uh, he you can know, fuck up, I know. Uh, well, well, do you know what I mean? But and 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 I have to say, I thought McGregor's words were 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 what I wanted to hear, and and they were saying that. But do you know what? This is all about actions now. And 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 you know it will it is going to take concerted good performances over a significant period of time for 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 the kind of the mood of the fans to change on this. And it's not just going to be oh I've posted a wee sad face on my Insta story right well fuck off. Do you know what anybody can do that right? Don't be shite against strangers and then you don't have to post stupid shite in your Insta story. So you just just on the I know we're all saying. We're not really that bothered about AC Milan. I know we want to see improvements and all that, and we want to see something to give us hope, like Sarmani's saying, but don't kid yourself. See if we get beaten uh, on Thursday night, people are going to go into meltdown. Now, they can say all they like before the game. It doesn't matter. Sunday's the one that matters. But you can bet your ass that if we get beat 2 or 3 now, the pressure just cranks up even more. For Sunday, so be, I tell you what, Barry, we better get a shot on target. Guy, yeah, that'd be a start. It'd be, yeah. a, it'd be a start. Um, I don't know if Christie is going to be back for the game. You know, he likes a dig. I think Christie's back. It sounds like Christie, you know, essentially he'll be fine. Edward, it, it appeared that he was pretty doubtful for Thursday night. Like, I think they've got to be very careful that there's no sort of longer term implications in terms of his overall sort of fitness levels. So it sounded like maybe Sunday um but not Thursday and, and Julianne apparently also not back for Thursday. I, I'm not don't know. Obviously we'll get the presser tomorrow. So it's uh, it's listen, it's another massive week. Um we had the, the Cynic weekly before the Ferenc Varos game uh, and I said, you know, we'll see you next week. We'll hopefully be in the Champions League. Eh, eh, didn't happen last week. You know, previewed the the Rangers game. Oh, I'll see you next week. Go over it. Eh, eh, pumped. Um, who knows where we'll be come next Tuesday? Um, before we go, confidence levels that we can turn this around. This this title race. This squad. This everything percentage. Can we do this? Will we do this? What percentage? How confident are you, Ian Duggan? I think a lot of it is going to come down to how Rangers react to a position of leading. And actually, does that really ratchet up the pressure on them? So, so, um, yeah, I'm not... Maybe I'm banking on them capitulating again and, and us getting there. Do you know what? We've got the tools to get back on track and it would be fucking unforgivable to just surrender this with a whimper by the end of November so uh, I really really hope so percentage 67 yeah oh staunch Salmani I think I said 50-50 in the aftermath I still think that I've no doubt they'll drop points they're not the second coming of um, 1970 Brazil let's not kid ourselves on but the main issue here is our performances. 
now we have got we've got so many levels that that squad potentially can go up. If we do that, I've no doubt they'll drop points. My concern is their ability to do that and some of the stuff we've talked about, if there is things going on in the background, um, that that might hamper our ability to do that. It's still in our hands, right? Like The league wasn't won and lost in that game, right? This isn't about us losing to Rangers. This is about our performance and how deplorable it was. Don't forget that. It's about whether we our performances can then improve from here on in. That's what it's about. It's not about anything else yet. It's only October. My concern is our ability to galvanise the squad into those performances. I'm really hoping that we'll do that starting on Thursday and Sunday. Barry? Yeah, I think if you'd asked me on the reaction but I was fucking close to tears, I would have said it's 70-30 in their favour, but Actually, talking with you guys through this has actually helped me a wee bit. And it's, as Manny says, it's one game, but it's only one game if we learn from it. So I'm going to say 60 40 in our favour, purely because of the, the calibre of our squad. But we need to start fucking putting our money where their mouth is. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think right now, it, you know, obviously, if things continue the way they are, I, I really don't see it happening. But I, I, we know what we can get out of them, as some Annie says. We know that these players can do better. They must care, and that's I think that's the main thing I want to see is that how much do they want this? How much do they care in terms of professionals and individuals? Because if you're relying on your manager's, you know, encouragement or his comments or his tactical plan to even do the the fundamental basics when you go out in a football pitch, I think you need to look inward and look at yourself. For me, fifty five percent. Because I know that we can, you know, I know what so you're going for 55. Going for 55, exactly. Fucking hell, man. Um, Louis, see how nobody got to say hello? Are we allowed to say goodbye? You can, Ian. You you just did. Thanks very much. Somebody. Thank you for having me, Louis. <laughs> Somebody. Thank you, Louis. This has been a little bit more cathartic. Hopefully, next week we're celebrating. Uh, brace of wins. Thank you. Well, me and you are on the reaction for the Aberdeen game on Sunday, so that will be uh, that'll be fireworks. Yeah. Um, Aye, okay. I forgot. <laughs> uh, there you go. And uh, Barry, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, and let's get back on track. Exactly. Not to worry about money hoops. This has been the Cynic Weekly, and we'll speak to you down the road. Mm-hmm.